Hey everybody, Jamie French here, and I'm here with Red Fox. Say hi, Red. Hey everybody, what's up? Yes, this is a confluence of the Approxima Podcast and Graveyard Shift. Uh, two shows in one. It's I'm putting my peanut butter in her chocolate and vice oh, versa. Dear. So oh, this dear. is gonna be, yes, absolutely. This is gonna be great. So Red, I tell you what, you came up with the topics tonight. Let's just get right into it. You go ahead yes, and you take right. it away. What do right. we got? What's the first thing on the list? So the entire idea that sort of brought this up was we were having a little fucking DM back and forth, and we were sort of talking about untouchable social media shit, and especially dealing with uh, the respect between the audience and the uh, content creators. So why don't we start with that? Okay, well, I definitely understand what that's all about when we're on social media. Um. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong here, but am I thinking the same thing that you're thinking when when I say that there are people that I like? I like to think that social media is a thing where I go out and I can connect with people and everybody seems to be on an even kill. But there are these personalities. There's these people. Uh, some might call them heroes. <laughs> for lack of a better yeah. term. But there's these people that you seem to look up to and they feel like like they're kind of untouchable and to where you could talk to a, a certain person one way, there's nothing that, as far as you know, you're just online. Mm -hmm. As far as you know, there's nothing that separates this person that you're completely comfortable with from the person that you look up to. They're just people, but when you start to talk to that person that you look up to, you lose all your words, you know, and, and, and you feel fucked up. You feel like a loser, yeah. you know, and, and so why is that? Where does that come from? And, and it's really weird that, that you and I are talking like this because where we stand right now, I mean, I didn't do this by design, but I'm and you can tell me to shut the fuck up or if i'm wrong but but we're kind of in a position where maybe maybe at least until recently i mean we've had that time to talk we've built a rapport but until recently maybe you felt that way about me and i definitely feel that way about other people I've, i mean is that is, is is am i am i am i shitty for saying that no you're you're not shitty for saying that i mean that's really actually close to the mark, I'd say. I mean, it's probably like a 50% hit <laughs> in terms of like what I was trying to get at or whatever when we were talking before. Uh, right. Uh, the audience doesn't know well, what we were yeah, talking about before. I'm, just I'm just real quick, for the audience that's listening to this show right now, we went through about an hour and a half of recording a complete podcast. We didn't capture any yeah, of it. We, didn't capture any of it. We completely, completely fucked, fucked that we up. We screwed the pooch And then that. Absolutely. And then before that show, we were talking so much that we thought, oh, we should make a podcast yeah. out of this. Yep. So we wasted an organic, what should have been a podcast, mm -hmm. completely fucked it up on an hour's worth of non-podcast. Yep. And now here you are, the fruits of our labor. Finally coming to Hopefully fruition. Hopefully you enjoy it. <laughs> it's, it's no good. <laughs> well, ho hopefully it's yeah, kind of good. I, 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 I'm fucking I'm I'm being a goof. I didn't mean to fuck you up. So am I shitty for saying that about where we stand? I wouldn't like I wouldn't necessarily say that you're shitty for saying that in terms of where you stand. I mean, especially coming from an audience member's perspective, which is 
where sort of I came from in our back and forth rapport. So that's what I want to know because I want to give that back and forth because what I'm thinking is that we are not different at all. You know, it's like I said, there there are a lot of people that I just talk to as people, yeah. and it doesn't feel like there's any kind of it doesn't feel like there's. Uh, and I don't mean to sound like this, but it doesn't feel like there's power. Yeah. Uh, there's any kind of power play. Like I'm so high and I'm talking mm-hmm. to a fan. You know, I feel like when I talk to people, I just talk to people. Yeah. And I feel like from you, it's one of the like rare occurrences where I'm talking to a real person. That's not just a fan that's interested in my most like surface level shit yeah. that can come to me and is able to like, connect and and can talk to me like a real person but then i still hear you say things like oh well i thought you were this and i thought you were this and i didn't know i was going to be able to talk to you yeah so i want i want to i want to hear it from your end and then i want to reinforce that you're not alone because i also feel that from my end from so many people so tell me what you think all right so I sort of grew up between, uh, in terms of like the content creation that I do, uh, a little bit of, uh, well, that issue of popularity and the ego that sort of comes with that. So you sort of get this idea that, you know, once a person reaches a certain point, they're like, yeah, they, they don't want to talk with the fluff. They want to talk with like their core audience. And then, it really concentrates even further down from there. So it's like you may have like these surface level fans and they may be supporters on Patreon. They may commission you for work. You know, they may they may be your fucking groupies when you're going out gigging for your music shit or whatever. But they end up feeling like they're the the dirtiest dirt just because like they're not that cream of the crop of the fans. So it's like that's sort of where I was coming from being that sort of dirty dirt surface level fan where it's just like, I mean, we've talked enough where it's like, you know that I'm not one of your patrons. I couldn't afford to be one of your patrons because my financial situation is something completely different topic. Don't feel too bad. There's only three people that can afford to be our patrons. Oh my God. But that's just that's just for the podcast. Well, yeah, you know what I'm known yeah. for. You know what I'm known yeah. for, and that's my bread and butter. That's where the people actually come in with the money and they, you know put a roof over my I head. Mean, that's 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 um, where I came from too, in terms of actually getting to get into contact with you. Right, and uh, it's like when when I first you know fucking saw your social media presence, I just saw the. Many vid sales, everything for coming up with the approximate podcast and everything. I was just like, okay, like the porn, okay, that's one thing. You know, that's cool. Like that's that's not necessarily something that I was completely interested in consuming. Right. I was more interested, honestly, in podcast and music that you put out. <laughs> Personally. <laughs> right. Well, right now, and and I completely understand that. I you know, I expect a certain portion of society to uh you know dig on the porn thing and because the porn is such like a 
it's such a base animalistic thing that it is the kind of thing like it's like hunger or sleep or you know you're dealing with sex and so that can that's the most apt to draw money out of people's pockets you know because it's 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 a necessity yeah. sex is a necessity fantasy a sexual fantasy is a necessity as humans it's kind of what we do yeah, i mean you know it's built into I mean, us don't get me wrong so, i love your porn i love a lot of stuff that you produce and i do a bit of that too not necessarily all that much yet with uh yeah with but, but but like, i've been doing a lot of like drawing and recently i've been getting back into trying to put together photo sets and trying to get you know at least solo shoots for now coming in so it's like i i can relate to that you know but right but in saying that i wanted to point it out that there is a there is a i mean everything is a i don't want to sound like a fucking hippie douche but just because i don't have the words at my faculty right now i'll just put it simply like this there is a yin and yang there is a black and white there is a balance that is to be met and on one side of the balance is the consumer yeah. and on the other side is the provider and i feel like you're more on the provider side now you do like to consume as do i of course but you probably have more of a penchant to produce you know, you want to do the things that people enjoy more than you want to enjoy. Yeah, that's 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 you know? that's really what brought me onto creating content on YouTube. Like, right. And so, when you see me the way that you saw me, that makes total sense because you recognized a part of me in yourself, but you knew you weren't on the I, I guess the quote unquote chaser side of the street, oh, well, you know, I mean, you had an understanding uh, so you could see past my porn. You're like, Oh, Oh, this, this person that does the porn thing. Well, yeah, they're on my radar for that, but I, they're doing all these other things that I really actually respond to there. There's, there's a person yeah. behind the facade, you know, behind the fantasy, mm -hmm. And and right now, what I'm saying, I'm talking really big about myself on your behalf. <laughs> I and I, I'm I'm not trying to self-aggrandize at all. I'm just trying to move the conversation along. I mean, do I have it right? Well, I mean, kind of. I mean, you you sort of laughingly bring up the entire thing with the uh, chaser side of it. I mean, at that at that sort of point in time where I was introduced to your content, that was. Before I really started transition, that was sort of like one of my last egg phases. Where it's like, I was thinking, it's like, maybe I'm not actually trans, maybe I'm just really attracted to trans people. Oh. So it's like, oh. that's sort of where it came from. But it's like... Oh, wow. Huh. It's like, I don't know, I mean, if we're touching on that, do you want to move on to that? Because we're both... Well, trans girls. almost, almost. I'm. Mean, that's amazing. We are gonna get to that, but I kind of wanna. I kind of wanna wrap. Yeah. This little portion of it let's up. Get this, yeah, let's get this done. <clears throat> so, like from my side, um, I'm at a point right now where 
I'm doing everything I can to talk to fans, friends, um, uh, family, like, like they're just human beings. I'm kind of sick of that power play between famous people and folks you just get to know naturally. Everybody's human. There's no reason not to be able to talk to people like they're just fucking human, no matter how quote unquote big they are or how small and obscure they are. You just talk to folks like they're folks. And that's where I'm at. But I've definitely been in a position like uh, yours, even though I believe you're past that now. I believe that you feel like folks is just folks, especially after dealing with a jerk off like me. <laughs> um, I, I mean, but 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 I feel like I don't want to treat anybody like uh, uh, we're dealing talking about this very particular instance we're dealing with a a a a kind of social interaction that's based off of a is based off of a job it's based off of a kind of power play and you have to kind of like whoever's the hottest thing you got to make friends with them you got to network and build your own name it's all about your name it's all about who you are, what you've done, what your presence is, what the optics are on you. And that's a very, uh, it's, 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 it can wear on you. It can really wear on you as a human. So long as you're concerned with being a human, <laughs> you know, there are, there, there are people out there where the game quote unquote is all they care about mm -hmm. being. It's all they do. I mean, and and I'm in a position where I recognize that that's the thing if I want to, you know, progress higher and higher. But I also want to be a human being, you know, and and honestly, more often than not, I have put my foot in my own mouth for the sake of being a human oh. being in spite of the business that I'm oh in. Oh, my God. I've, I've, Same boat. I've. I have fucked up a lot of jobs. I have fucked up a lot of, uh, you know, hey, I'm cool, you're cool, handshake kind of yeah. things. I fucked so many instances of that up uh, because I'm naturally predisposed to, to just want to be human more than chase the ambition side. But I do have that ambition side, and I have followed it, and I followed it on my own terms, and it has attracted other people. Yeah. And I got to be responsible for that and recognize it when I see it, you know, and recognize that I'm also in that same position. It's, it's a really weird, fucked up thing to yeah, be. Yeah, it, it is a rather strange dynamic. I mean, you, you bring up the entire thing of screwing the pooch on various different uh, possible outcomes and ladder-climbing possibilities. I mean, I've done that too on my own channel with some of the vague connections that I've been able to make. And right. uh, it, it almost sort of brings us back to a weird thing with community and the entire thing with Untouchables too and 
you know, the content creators in relation to the, uh, you know, our audiences and such. I've always tried to be very active within my audience because I didn't want my audience to feel like they were just some faraway thing. Like, that's why some of the shit show streams that I had earlier in my content career on YouTube here got to be so messy and so fucked up because I was just sort of letting everyone come in. And it's like, I realize that there is some, like, there, there is some sort of power that has to be held and respected at the same time that that can't be completely put in where it's just like or where you get to the point where you're a complete tanky asshole and everyone gets the ditch so long as you right. like right you know you get to a point where that's bad and you get to a point on the other end where you're just so lazy's fair or that's just as bad yeah so yeah, I mean that's it's really thing. What well, I'm sorry, it's there's this thing that I've been a piece of advice that I've been giving to everybody that's coming. Like I've been in this business for 13 years, and there's a specific piece of advice that I've learned over the years that I keep reiterating to folks that are in the entertainment business at large. It doesn't have to be mm-hmm. porn. It doesn't have to be music. It doesn't have to be art. Any creative endeavor where the cult of personality plays into your brand should heed this advice. And that advice is that I've always said was you should compartmentalize. You should have your actual human life should be completely separate from the brand that you've created. And this is where it gets really hard. Because you have people that are awesome and they come to you because they know the showman side of your life. And and you see them and you're like, well, I understand that you're here because of the artifice. You're, You're here because of this show that I put on. But you're also really cool. And so I kind of want to like talk to you as a human being, you know, but you, you're only able to do that because that person's actually cool. Most of the folks that, that hit you up from the performer side of your life, hit you up and they expect you to, to be 100% the fantasy that you provided. Whatever character it is that you play in your online life, whether it's, And here's the shitty thing. You can't be mad at Mm -hmm. that as much as I want to complain about that, as much as complaints I actually have about that that I'd love to talk about. You kind of can't be mad at Mm -hmm. that because what you essentially did was you said, in order to make money, I'm going to create this facade. And there's going to be people that that facade is exactly what I need it to be for them to spend money on me. You know, it's, it's, it's this completely fake thing. And when they come and they hit me up with ideas as if I was that fantasy, it's, 
I mean, so much of it, too, can be completely unrelatable and almost inhuman and strange and confusing. So, right. I mean, I don't know. Do you want to move on? I mean, I, it seems like we're sort of segueing that way anyway. We are. We are. So... I just want. I just want to say. I just before we get to that. I just want to say that you you. It's weird. You kind of have to let those people know, in in a weird voice that. Like how how do you do it? How do you turn those people down? How do you turn those people down that try to cross the line? Because here's the thing with these folks. You you give them exactly what what you think is a perfect fantasy, but here's what you don't realize is that they fill in so many gaps in their own imagination that they come to you with this completely preconceived idea and you have to like answer to that. And it completely fucks you up. Like how what what is i've been dealing with it for 13 years how do you tell those people kindly to fuck off without hurting your brand i mean i've so so this moves into the entire thing of both of okay. us are sex workers like jamie right. is coming at this from a perspective of uh being an escort and a cam girl and a video star and producer as well. I'm coming at this from being no pretty way of saying this. I was a bar whore. I was a bar whore for a long time. <laughs> I'm so interested in hearing what you have to say about this. What is a bar whore? Because this is a term I've never heard before, but I'm super interested in hearing what it's about. What the bar? Okay, horn. so yeah, you know how there's sort of like the entire thing of like there's like in terms of just porn production, you've got like your Instagram models who will take a risque, sure. not quite lewd but lewd photo and toss that up on their Insta for as many follows and likes and comments as they can get. Right, just safe enough for <laughs> work. <laughs> and then right. you've got like. Your um, uh, chatterbait uh, guys and girls who will get you know explicit, but it's just them, you know, in the comfort of their own home, doing their thing. Right. And then there got there's the people who will you know write, produce, and act and perform in videos, and it's like there's like a sort of spectrum there. It's the same with escorting. Like, you've got, you know, what, whatever you're doing with the escorting, whether it's clean and high class and you're, like, going out with guys or girls or whatever to, you know, the freaking opera or whatever to be their arm candy. Or if... Right, which, <laughs> is, which is the thing that is supposed to exist on paper but is, actually does not exist at yeah. all. Or if... You're the girl who's trying to knock down their student debt and get drunk at the same time, who's just like, yeah, I'll give you a half and half in the bathroom for 20 bucks. Right. <laughs> that was me. 
Yeah, well, I mean, as a sex worker, I can tell you straight up what the meat and potatoes of the common sex worker is. You know, I mean, I know like the title escort on paper is supposed to be a certain thing. It's supposed to be I'm a piece of arm candy that's going to bring a CEO of a fucking oil corporation out to a gala for $2,500 for the night. And I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to be there being pretty. That's not what escorting is at all. What escorting actually is, is, um, Hey, I'm a hooker, but I'm working for my house and, uh, and, uh, I'm two to $300 an hour and you're going to come here and you're going to spend about 24 minutes with me. And you're going to just like lazily, sadly spooge. You know, <laughs> I've, I've gonna, had plenty of I'm going to figure out, I'm going to figure out what kind of dude you are and I will be as enthusiastic or as low key as your temperament desires. And we're just going to get this over with and you're going to pay me. <laughs> and that, and that's what escorting mm-hmm. actually is. Yep. <laughs> um, and, that, and I mean, that's what it comes to, you know, uh, so I, I'm sorry, I completely interrupted you. I just wanted to inter interject. No, that. yeah, like that's that's completely what it was, and even on like the level that I was, it's like it was that same fucking sort of thing where it's just like, yeah, this bar ain't really hitting it off. You want to go someplace else? Yeah, you want to stop someplace in the middle? Yeah, okay. <laughs> so so wait, real quick, your your uh your mo was you actually went to bars. Yeah. To find your clients? Like, I had repeat clients who, like, had my phone number, but it's, like, in terms of, like, the base level thing, because, like, I didn't have, like, a lot of stuff. Like, I didn't know that there were some of the resources that are out there. Like, I didn't know about Backpage. Like, I didn't know about, you know, the different bad date websites. Like, I didn't know about any of this shit. I was just this loner that had these feelings that you know, wanted to do this stuff. So it's like, wow, that's, that's what I was. I was a postmodern pimp whore risking my life just to, you know, help some guy get his rocks off and for me to pay down my fucking debts. That's what I was fucking. Wow. That's really weird because like, I'm, I'm probably 10 years your senior. How much are you? I'm 27 this July. Yeah. I'm 38. So I'm like 11 years your senior. When I was 22, I went to bars and I thought that being a hooker was a thing that could happen, but I never entertained the thought. And I went to a lot of gay bars at 22. That's, that's, that's and, what my scene was. Yeah. And I went there, but, but I went there and I went there with the actual intent to have a good time to listen to music and dance around, get some drinks. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 of course I was 22. So I did, you know, I did try to, I mean, I wasn't innocent. I didn't just go there to dance and drink. I went there and on several occasions I went there and I, I let myself play to the 22 year old kind of role. And I let older dudes treat me like a 22 year old piece of ass. You that's, know? that's honestly and, where it started for me at 21. So I mean, shit. <laughs> but, but, but I never ever, I, I knew that charging them 
way in the back of my head was a possibility, but that's not where my head was at. I was more invested in just going through the experience of being a young kid, essentially, and letting older guys have fun with me. That was the whole fantasy. That was the whole process. But it wasn't until a little later where I found that I got hit up with enough dudes that, oh, maybe this is a thing I can charge for. And then I started thinking about it. And it wasn't until a little bit later in my life until I got into my later 20s, like 25, 26, that I didn't actually start charging, you know, for for the thing. And I, and I only ever charged on a dare. I mean, I was working at a fucking pizza place when some Bohemia fucking chick came up. She was a new hire. She saw me and she said, hey, you know what? I see you and I see a person that can fucking whore. Like, wow. that's how obvious, I'm, you know? And she said, you should check out uh, Craigslist. And I said, what the fuck is Craigslist? And this is, this is me having experience in the gay clubs. Mm-hmm. Messing around with dudes, trying to have a good time, and 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 she's bringing this like a uh, uh, wellspring of information on me about oh I can make actually money doing this, having sex, doing the thing that I'm predisposed to do, <laughs> and and she, and she says yeah yeah fucking dude I was a I was a fucking uh, dominatrix in New York you would fucking make a killing. And I said, what the fuck are you talking about? And I finally, I finally went and onto the fucking internet in 2005 and I hit up Craigslist and on a lark because of what she said, I fucking made a little ad and, and it blew up like fucking gangbusters. And from that moment, from the age of 25 to this very day is exactly what turned my life around. I've been a sex worker and a pornographer and a producer ever since, you know, um, I completely took over the conversation. <laughs> no, that was an awesome fucking story. Like that's, that's one of the reasons why I loved like doing one-on-one shows like this is like, you can get stories like that out there. It's like, you don't get that when you get like the cluster fucks of like six or seven people on the same thing. And you can barely get a meme in edgewise. <laughs> you can barely get a meme in edgewise. <laughs> I love it. Hey, honey, um, you got a uh a page where you wrote down some conversation. Yeah, we uh, we had three things. What was the? I feel. Are we close to the third thing? Yeah, we've got one more thing to touch on. So it's like. We got. We we touched on social media a little bit. We we touched on some of the sex work stuff that we've done. Uh, by the way, I got a many vids page uh, page that's going to be posting. Keep an eye out on Twitter for that within the upcoming week. And I will spread your word like a motherfucker. Hey, in in private, <laughs> keep me updated. I will make sure that you're seen. Absolutely. Thank you much. I mean, don't expect all that much until June. When the studio is all set up, but stuff is coming. Fuck the listeners. You talk to me. I'll take care of it. Awesome. Thank you, Jamie. <laughs> They'll know when it's time to know. <laughs> so we, we got a last thing to touch on. So mm-hmm. 
like, I don't know, like, if you can tell by our voices, like, if you know Jamie, then you know Jamie. If you know me, then you know me. Anyway, we're both a couple of trans people. A couple of trans women, that's what we do. We were born dudes. We're not chicks. That's what we are. That's the way it goes. What are you going to do? Take away our birthdays? What are you going to do? Well, apparently, call us men and call us by our dead names until the day we die because re you don't have an oh, XX shit. chromosome. Fuck There's that. drama. Fuck that. Two middle fingers up what's to What's going terms. on? What's this, what's this thing? What are you talking about? What I'm talking about is you just made a pretty freaking awesome announcement a couple of days ago. What did I do? I, I, what, I, what did I do? You're right now. You got to go fund me up right now to help pay for your FFS. That's freaking awesome. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Well, real quick, I'm trying to get some folks to uh, some folks. I'm trying to get my doctor, uh, Dr. Harris, out of uh, Plano. The guy that did my breasts is the guy that uh, cut my nuts off. Um, I want to get him to fuck with my face a little bit. Chip away, chip away. Oh, I bit. can relate to that on so and, many levels. And so I put up a GoFundMe campaign for that. That's the last thing I'm gonna do. I'm not. Uh, I, I I'm not using surgery. Is not a fetish of mine. It's just I started late in the game. I started late in the game, and I got the hormone therapy a little late in life. And so I'm just trying to hopefully do what if it doesn't happen it doesn't happen i mean i'm not going to kill myself over it but i'm trying to do what i can do to chip away at the last little bits and that's ffs surgery that's uh female facial surgery uh, or facial exactly it's exactly what it sounds like they're gonna take a fucking scalpel and they're gonna chip away at the all the parts of me that look like a dude Basically, that's that's all it is. And so, yeah, I did. I did. I made that thing, and and I've already gotten some. Uh, I've got. I'm up to seventy five dollars. It's like uh, five thousand dollars to get the thing done. Um, that's that's, that's a lot better than the quote that I got. And, and there's no. Yeah, there's there's no there's no um, like you don't have to make it under the mm-hmm. wire. You know, this campaign is forever, yeah. and. So it's just gonna go until we meet the uh, we meet the goal. That's all. Well, I just figured I'd shout that out to see if I can get some of my tiny audience to sort of help you out. Yeah. Well, anyway, thank you, and I appreciate that. That, that that's that sort of comes but with so the humorous anyway. sort of part of socialism and whatnot <laughs> that I'm fucking trying to show right now. That's <laughs> like so anyway. I, I can completely with that out that. of the way, what were you what were you getting to? So. Like you've been through a lot in terms of your transition. Like you've had surgeries now. You've been doing this from not. I I wouldn't necessarily say that you're doing this late in the game. I mean, yeah, you started this when you were what thirty thirty two. I think you said was when you started. Yeah, thirty two is when I started um, my hormone replacement. So it's when I started taking pills. So it's it's sort of weird. We're coming at this from like the same sort of angle, but like seven years separate. <laughs> right, right. It's like I like I started. I first had the option 
to start transition when I was 13. And I didn't fucking really? take it. Wow. Wait, wait. At 13, at 13 what option was given to you that... At, at 13, the option that I was given was we're going to do 6 to 12 months of observation. And then after that, we're going to do hormone blockers, or puberty blockers specifically, for at maximum another two years before we can do anything with hormone replacement therapy. That's the option that I was given as a kid. Dude, wait, hold on, stop. Your parents brought you to, I assume, was an endocrinologist? It, It wasn't an endocrinologist. When I was, I was dealing with some serious shit. I'm so like, uh, the receiving end of bullying and depression, everything like that. So it's like, they saw that I was fucked up with depression, so they brought me to a psychotherapist, a clinical psychotherapist, you know, the sort that can put yeah. you on meds. Right. I one of those when I was 13. And, and the synopsis was that you... Well, the... Trans was brought up. Transition stuff was brought up on the personal level between me and the doctor. And, uh, on sort of the separate thing, because I was underage, like, all of this was getting fed to, uh, my dad, primarily because my dad was the one that took me, so he was the emergency contact, so he was the one that the doctor was talking to. And, as, like, they were, like, completely okay with putting me on fucking, uh, not Rillan, but the, the other one that starts with an A, and, uh, freaking antidepressant, freaking uh, uh, SNRI or whatever, or SSRI, whichever the fuck it was, and that shit messed me up. It made me a fucking zombie. It fucked me up to the point where... When my doc told me this shit about fucking, you know, going on to fucking, possibly going into hormones by the time I'm, like, learning how to drive, was, uh, my reaction was, whatever, and I forgot about it, and my dad fucking canceled the appointment because he's a transphobic asshole and he didn't want to fucking have two daughters, one of which has a dick, so, like, that's, that's sort of, like, my start on this whole fucking experience. Dude, dude, you you sit here and going way back to the first part of the yeah. show, you sit and you envy me. I sit here and I envy you. You had a doctor that even brought up trans shit? When I was 16 years old, you were like a tiny child. When I was 16 years old, my parents dropped me off at a teenage medical facility, mental medical facility, because I was, because they thought I was gay. I mean, they were right, but, (laughs) but they dropped me off there because they thought that was like the, they thought that was a harmful thing. And they dropped me off at this thing. And here's the deal. There was everything I did was about transition like all the motherfucker 
when my parents dropped me off at the mental facility, thinking that I was some kind of an asshole, they, the doctors, all their, all their like little games that they played. Everything I did was about being trans. Like they said, make a mask of yourself. That's one of the things that they did. Make a mask of yourself. Here's some paper mache. Nature or a girl. And I made a paper. Yeah, and I made a paper mache mask that was all very femme and everything. It like everybody else like made monsters of themselves. All I did was made the most femme mask ever. And I handed it to them. And they didn't do anything about it. They didn't say anything about transition. They didn't say anything about anything. All they did when I was done with the two weeks that my parents, uh, uh, that my parents' insurance could afford for the two weeks, they could only afford two weeks worth of insurance for me to be an inpatient at this mental facility. They didn't bring up anything about being trans. All they said to my parents was, your kid is completely sane. You shouldn't have brought him here. That's what it was. I was 16. You shouldn't have brought him here. He's fine. And he was very helpful to all the other kids that had big problems. And that's as, that's as much as I got. That's as much as I got from being a kid. This was 1997. I had no hope. That's why it was 32 before I went into transition. I mean, I was... Fuck, you're in that fucking room. You're talking about my fucking heartstrings. It's like... And it's like, I, I look at this whole shit, and it's just like, I look at kids now what they're able to get in terms of like transition help and it's just like dude i dude i'm so i these kids these days and it's just like i see i see so much of the hate that they're getting and it's just like what the fuck is wrong with these people can they not understand the sort of pain that people like us go through it's like fuck it's like just looking at I mean, what you went through, it's like, what I went through, it's like, the pain that I had with that shit, the pain that you had with that shit, it's just like, if we were so lucky to be born, like, when 9-11 happened, like, if we were born when 9-11 happened, holy fuck. Right, exactly. That's the thing that I have, that's the thing that I have on my fund me, is that I was born 10 years too late. Honestly, I was born 20 years too early. Um, but the thing that I have in my GoFundMe is I was I was born 10 years too early because I, I, I didn't grow up with the internet. I was already late into my teens when the internet was a thing. And by the time the internet was a thing, it was barely anything. You know, there was... There was no information for trans stuff. Information for trans stuff didn't happen until about like maybe five years ago. Oh, so even if I had, I, mean, I, I don't know, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I started really uh, maybe ten years I started ago. Really looking into trans stuff, like 
when I was in high school, so this was when I was like 15 or whatever was when I really started cross-dressing and, you know, doing like femboy shit at school, and that's, that's, that's mainly because of shit that I found with, you know, fucking free porn websites that I was lying about my age to get onto. <laughs> okay, I don't want to misspeak. I don't want to misspeak. I was a bad I mean, kid. I'll be honest. I was a bad what, kid. <laughs> what I'm saying was there's... When I was growing up, I grew up too early, and I was at the at the age that you wanted to transition. I had just barely got the internet, and I mean, I, even I, though I, just, I had the internet in its early stages, there was no information about how to yeah, do anything. Yeah, there there was no information on it. Like there was there was the inkling of the possibility of. Yeah, you can be born a guy and go through this medical stuff and this legal stuff to become a girl and become recognized as a girl. But there was, like, nothing on the in-between on that. So it's like, I really had no idea on it until I was already hey, in my what? 20s. You know what? I, kinda, I feel like a piece of shit complaining about it because I imagine the people from, like, I was, I was 2000. Mm-hmm when I got the internet on my own in my own home, when I was 20 years old, I got my first apartment and I was able to have the internet and there was nothing there for me. If there was, I didn't know how to find it, you know, but then I think about all the people in the nineties, in the eighties, in the seventies and before that absolutely had nothing. It's like, I I look at people like that and I have so much respect. Born a word of mouth. So much respect for people from that generation. Right. Like, Oh my God. I mean, that it fucking breaks my heart. And it's like, that can be an entire video on its own, just like talking with trans elders. Like that's that's like a thing that can be done. Like shit. Like I want to fucking do that now. Like yeah. Now kids right now, mm-hmm. they can. And I know, I know. And it's stupid to even say this because it's expected. But kids these days, they can fucking do whatever they want. <laughs> And that's really dismissive, and I don't mean to be dismissive, but but kids really do have at least the information available to do what they want if they're ambitious enough to do it. Mm-hmm. I was ambitious enough to do it, but I, my ambition was only good enough by the time I was 32, you know? But kids that are 16, 13, 17... Like they can just know about it, yeah. and they can find places to get hormones. I mean, it's know? it's taught in schools these days, and I know because like I have, like we've talked about like some of my family stuff before. Like I got almost equal parts in my family. Half of them are law enforcement, the other half are education. So it's like I I got like contacts with talking with like my cousins who are you know grade school and middle school teachers. Where it's like, they're like, yeah, so it's like, we have to sort of dis- like talk about this weird thing. And it's like, me and one of my other cousins would be like, yeah, that's totally a thing that should be totally talked about in school. Like, that's that's sort of important. 
like, she's cis and I'm trans, and, like, this is, like, a Thanksgiving discussion now, like, for the last two years. Uh, and, like, some of my cousins don't get that, others, like, others do. And it's, like, I, I look a lot at, like, the options that a lot of these kids have these days. And it's, like, then I look back at, to, like, my education from that age, like going through like, you know, middle school and high school sex ed classes, and it's like the nearest thing that they would get to it was guys are XY, girls are XX. Some people are gay. Alright, now we're going to talk for the next two weeks about the menstrual cycle. Like, that's what my sex ed classes were. Wow. <laughs> and it's like, that, compared to, like, five years later, when I was fucking taking education courses at college, like, even, like, 101 classes, and I was just like, holy shit, it was so much different and so much more involved than what I had half a decade previous. And it's like, I, I don't know, it's, it's, it's amazing, this sort of just the progress that's sort of being made, like, not even on the year-to-year, -year, or, or not even on the decade-to-decade, decade, or the year-to-year, -year, but, like, almost seemingly on the week-to-week -week on this front. And it's like, shit, cool. This is awesome. I, I, see, I see a lot of young girls that are in the, like, 22 to 23-year-old mm -hmm. range that their complaints about life are completely different than the complaints that I have or I've had in life. And I mean, it makes sense. You know, I, I'm glad that their complaints are what they are. Simple, stripped down. So, basic. um, but, but, but they they're not the they don't know the same kind of hardships that we had or i don't want to speak for you at least that i had like they come up in a world where being trans is and i got to be really careful about oh, saying I, this but i i know i've i've sort of been guarding my words like this entire like thing too thinking i don't want to misspeak all right i just i just see a lot of like 22 to 23 year olds taking being trans for mm -hmm. granted the same way that i'm sure people in the 90s hated folks like me for being trans you know like you don't get it you don't understand the hardships you think the thing that you're going through is hard like, here's what I see, and this is just for, you know, people to be interested in. It's not actually a real problem, honestly. It's not a real problem. But when I see young kids talk, I don't see them going through the hardships that we went through. I see them being able to supply themselves with HRT at a young age and taking it for granted and the problems that they have are have nothing to do with transitioning really um 
that their problems are oh well you know i was i was misgendered today uh you know i went to starbucks and the girl behind the counter she just she just didn't quite get it and she didn't she said she said them instead of she it's, oh, and, okay so like okay. and i'm like dude dude that's not a problem that's not a problem that's that's not a problem like, that's not a problem like, at all. I don't you, care. You you are sixteen and ordering your own meds from fucking mm-hmm. online because the internet is part of your life, and, it's awesome. and so you just get to self regulate and self at sixteen, mm-hmm. and 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 you're and you're worrying about what people say about you, and and I see your picture, you're. You're a fucking perfect doll, baby. Stop it. Why are you complaining about anything? It's like, I mean, honestly, like, I've sort of been in that situation of, you know, like, misgendering. It's like, there's, there's like a sort of weird difference. Like, I've noticed, like, if someone can't tell, they'll probably use they or them pronouns. It's like, that's completely fine if you can't tell what a person is to use they or them pronouns. That way, you know, you're not fucking up on purpose. But it's like, if you're going in there, Wearing like inserts, you got full makeup on, your fucking hair's done, your nails done, you're in a dress. But it's just like, yeah, you got an obvious Adam's apple on a brow ridge or something like that, like I got going on. It's just like, okay, if nine tenths of the things, like in terms of the social cues, are telling you she, why can't I go on the one tenth of things that say, call them he? Like, that's, that's my you know, take on I- it. But and I get that, and and you're not incorrect. But I I should I I couldn't end this podcast without saying this last little bit. You know, it's also a part of youth uh-huh. culture. You know, <coughs> young people get a lot of benefit mm. just from being young. You oh know, my God, yeah. you you could be a trans person and. So long as you're young, if you're within that, like, you know, just for our, you know, our viewers, for our audience to say, you know, I was, uh, 17 to 23. Yeah, like, I'd, I'd agree with, like, you that know, sort of six-year range of, like, where if you start hormones in this range, you're going to be completely passable with, like, no issues on surgeries or things. Right, right. We see these young kids that are quote unquote perfect, and we see them complain, even though they literally have nothing to complain about because they didn't live in a time where their life could have been like again. And and here's why. Here's the perfect way to wrap it up. I'm thirty eight. I'm thirty eight years old. Okay. I started HRT at 32, and I'm doing fine. I was doing fine from the age of 27 to today. I, I stopped working for a living on the grid, stopped doing a real job literally for 13 years. So I can't complain. I've made it work to my advantage. 
But it wasn't easy. You know? But when I see these kids being exactly perfect because of their age and because of all the advances they had in our day and age with the internet the way it is and the uh not only that but you know, the medical the, practices too have advanced yes, so much yes the things that they have access to i'm saying why why complain the why you're i would give anything to be you right now at 22 years old with all these advantages you know and and they feel like the world's blowing up. But you know what? That really has a lot less to do with being trans and a lot more to do with just simply being young. It really does. This is this is kind of gone beyond what it is to be trans and we're we're actually more talking about what it is to be young. To be young, to kind of envy youth. I know that seems like a really spot to end it. Been going for coming up on in ten seconds an hour. Shall we cut it at this? Oh, it's only been an it hour. It's been almost <laughs> an hour since we started recording. So let me let me fucking wrap it up. Let me tell these kids this: kids, fuck you. You don't know what it is to be hard, and. And and I just had my roommate pull a prank on me. Hold on. Way to go, Stephanie. Fucking pranking Jamie. <laughs> and here, kids. Uh, you think you have a bad? We thought we had a bad. Every preceding generation is going to think they have a bad. So um, enjoy some pain. Alright, so, in an outro, I would say thank you for those who have stuck around this long to hear, you know, two quote-unquote middle-aged trannies, you know, spouting out about this, that, and the other. And, oh my lord, am I going to get a spanking from my fiancé for saying that word? But I don't care. <laughs> say it again. I missed it. Tranny. Tranny. Did you get a shiver saying it? I got a shiver saying it. It's just a word. I mean, like, I don't, like, dude, seriously, um, the whole tranny thing, about three years ago, I was really on top of wanting to keep the word tranny around uh, because I was fighting for the, the right for people to say what they yeah. want despite people's feelings. And over time, I mean, you know it. You're a fan of of my show. Eventually, I went from Ask a Tranny to TG Q and A. You know, it's just not. It's just not a hill I want to die on. It's it's not a hill I'm gonna die on either. I'm at the point. I'm four cans of beer in. I haven't slept in. What is today? Thursday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't slept since Monday. I'm at the point where the filter is gone and the care is gone. <laughs> and this is what adults get to do. Mm -hmm. Adults get to say things and go to sleep and feel fine because we know we're not shitty people.
And young kids will fucking fuck with us all day long because they're not adults yet and they don't they don't get to sleep well, with the you know with well, the well, I'd get to I'd I'd more say that I'm sort of well I guess the word would actually be to bring it back to the beginning envious of the is they actually sleep easy they've got a guaranteed bed they've got guaranteed food they've got no real worry got their stuff covered like for those out there who are in the adult world trying to make ends meet, it can be stressful, and that can lead to such long nights where you're sitting there thinking, "What can I do you're to right. try and pull together just twenty more dollars so I don't overdraft paying my bills?" That's that's sort of the seat that I'm in right now. I mean, <laughs> kids get to complain. You know, you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. Kids get to complain. I don't. I don't get to complain so much. I don't like complaining. I hate complaining. I just try and stiffen up my upper lip, cry to myself while I'm trying to get to sleep, and keep on fucking on to get my shit done. And I think that's gonna bring us to a close tonight. Yep, I'm gonna tie a bow on this right now, and I will always end a podcast with this in uh, in lieu of sage words here's what i will always say this is from billy joel it's from a song called james and it's called it's here's the lyrics do what's good for you or you're not good for anybody and that's it do what's good for you or you're not good for anybody and out. Thank you. Plugs. Here we go. All right. Jokingly, thank you guys. This has been the approximate graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Good deal. Uh, it has been a wonderful time spent with you, Jamie, and you, the wonderful audience who I didn't get the chance to interact with tonight because we filmed this this morning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, from from the date that we're recording this, which is what the third of uh, yeah, May. Yeah, it's the third of May. Yeah, you'll probably guys hear this on like the fifth of May. Yeah, prob- probably probably <laughs> so. the fifth. So have a wonderful night. Thank you, Jamie, for joining me. Uh, well, we're definitely going to be talking more because I got some questions for the future for once we're done recording. Don't stop. Keep going. Kill time. Kill time. Kill time. At runtime. Okay. You can reach us uh, in terms of Jamie at approximatepodcast at gmail.com. You can check out her mothership at approximatepodcast.com. Of course, we both have Twitters. Uh, Jamie is TS, Jamie French at twitter.com, if I remember correctly. Mine is Fox tweets, of course. That's F A W K S. She has an amazing YouTube channel as well. I highly suggest you check that out, unless you're watching it there. In which case, I highly suggest you check out YouTube.com backslash C backslash Red Fox as W R E D F A W K S. I'm pretty sure that's that. Yes, I'm gonna. I'm gonna play us out with a song. Okay, Here awesome. we go.
Ah, oh, fucking cut out. <laughs> it was me. It was Foxy. And we were doing this. On podcast. Motherfucker podcast. Oh, motherfucker podcast. It's on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody, good night. Good night. We'll see good you night. later. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Thank you. <laughs>